Hey, good morning. How are you today? Good. Several of you have asked about, let's make him famous. Yes, it's still on. No, we've not been talking about it during the pandemic. But if you would like to do some year-end giving toward it, that would be great. We're up to about $2.5 million, which I think this year is phenomenal. I really do. So in the springtime, we're going to reboot a little bit and talk about this. But we just thought we'd let, uh, let's get through this a couple more months, and then we'll talk about it to the whole church. How was Christmas? Yeah? It's kind of funny. We've been feasting, and now we're going to start fasting next Sunday. And um, we're really excited about it. If you've never done this before, we'll help you. We'll walk you through this. It's very, very exciting. When you think about Christmas and the presents and the kids and the family, you can't help but think about maybe some of your special dishes or favorite treats that people bring. I want to talk about this morning five ingredients to spiritual success. And I want you to think about a cake or some dish. What happens if you leave out the sugar? Or what happens if you leave out the baking soda? Or what happens if you leave out the flour? Or what does it taste like, even the little bitty cinnamon or vanilla, you know, that, that, you know, have you ever tasted vanilla, by the way? Doesn't taste very good. Taste vanilla sometimes, but it tastes great when it's mixed. So I, I want to talk about ingredients for spiritual success. Usually, I encourage you, if I give you five things, I usually encourage you to pick one, not today. You can't leave out the sugar. You can't leave out the salt. You can't, you can't leave out the flour. So I'm going to give you five today, and at the end of the message, we're actually going to pray through this. So we're going to have some prayer time, then we're going to have um, communion together. But I, I, want to, I want you to also think about it like this. You know, I, I remember as a child, I couldn't wait for Christmas Day. And I remember, this is kind of emotional, thinking about my grandparents. I remember my grandfather giving me a bow and arrow. And then I remember I had to play hide-and-seek to go find the bale of straw. They didn't trust me to shoot the bow and arrow inside the house. I had to go outside the house. But I can remember receiving that gift and how exciting that was to get. And then at some point, you go from getting, right, to giving. Giving becomes far more important than it does to, to receive. Well, oftentimes, I think that when someone's brand new to church, they're like that, you know, eight-year-old boy that I was, I love to get. And so oftentimes, I think if you've come in here today, and I'm, maybe this is your first Sunday back to church or first Sunday in church, we think about what we can get out of church. But it's really not the right way to think about it. It's really what can I give unto the Lord. And so your worship is always about giving. And so we want today to have five ingredients that you can do privately in the secret place or that you can do wherever you are in the meeting place. And for those of you that are online and those of you that are here today, the kids' resources actually have ingredients for spiritual success, and you're actually going to make a chocolate cake in a mug. Now, I don't know if that's going to be good or not, but here's the <laughs> ingredients, and you're going to work through this chocolate cake in a mug, all right? That sounds kind of exciting. Anyway, kids' resources, they're actually doing exactly what we're doing today. So I want to start with the very first ingredient, and I want you to get all five of these. 
I'm going to spend more time on the first one, so don't worry. We're going to be here until 2 o'clock. I'm going to spend more time on the first one because um, the first one is praise. And the reason I want to talk about this is I've never done this before. The Hebrew word for praise is not the same as the English word for praise. There are seven Hebrew words for praise. We see the word praise. Say praise the Lord with me. Say praise the Lord. So we see that and we think, okay, no, no, no. The Hebrew goes, which one? Which of the seven is it? And so I want to actually go through all seven of these. They'll be on the screen. They're in your app if you want to take notes. But I want you to understand that there's not one word for praise. There's actually seven, and there's seven completely different meanings. And the first one is the word halal. And the word halal, when it comes up to praise, it it literally means to celebrate. And so it's like Christmas Eve when we're celebrating. Or a minute ago when you were singing those hymns, girl, I was right there with you. I, I, was, I was caught up in the third heaven with the Apostle Paul a while ago. And so when you, you're celebrating the goodness of God. That's halal. The second one is yada. And yada means to praise with lifted hands. And why is that important? It's a posture. It's a posture of humility. Now, again, some of you guys, you raise your hands at football games, but you don't raise your hands at church. I'm going to let you think about that. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, all right? But it's Christmas time, and I'm going to be kind. You think that one through, all right? Number three, tada. Tada is a sacrifice of praise. And what tada means is, I'm going to praise God through a pandemic. I'm going to praise God if I get the coronavirus. I'm going to praise God if I have two months of business demise. This is a sacrifice of praise where you're praising him even though you're in a storm. It's a sacrifice of praise even though things are not going well. Can you praise God in the good times? Yes. Can you praise him when you lose your job? Can you praise him when Again, you just felt you have a car accident. So this is about a sacrifice of praise. Zamar is something that only a few of you can do, and that's to give praise while playing, plucking an instrument. I do not have the gift of Zamar, okay? But you do. And I'll never forget years ago when I bought Ethan the mandolin. He graduated from some college. I forget which of the degrees, but anyway... um, (laughs) No, that, was, that was a compliment. He did two or three. He kept costing me instruments. Every time he graduated, it kept costing me another instrument. But I'll never forget the mandolin. And I thought, that is one of the most beautiful instruments I have ever heard. That's a suggestion that maybe we could use that a little bit more on the praise team, the mandolin. But it's, it's praising God with a musical instrument. It's, it's plucking and praising at the same time. Then there's a word, it sounds like tequila, tequila, but it's really tequila. Don't get confused on that. This is public praise. And so again, this is what we do at Christmas Eve. This is what we just did in the last, you know, 20 or 30 minutes. We are publicly praising God for who he is. Two more words. Are you still with me? I don't want you to miss this. There's seven words for praise for Hebrew. Barak. Barak means to kneel. Now, it's kind of hard to kneel in here but it's not hard to kneel at home. I would encourage you this year, 2021, as we get ready to start, I would suggest the first thing you do is you get out of bed and you kneel. I would suggest that the last thing that we do before you climb into bed is you kneel. Again, it is honoring the King of Kings. Then there's Shabbat is this number seven, and that's to boast. 
And Jeremiah says, let not the rich man boast of his riches, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, let not the strong man boast of his strength, but he who boasts boasts about this, that he knows and understands me. The apostle Paul says, I'm not going to boast in anything but the cross. You're talking about the cross maker. I'm not going to boast in anything but the cross. And so those are seven words, seven Hebrew words. Before you leave today, you cannot exit until you can properly pronounce all seven of those Hebrew words. And online, you have to stay with us and take a test, okay? So those are seven Hebrew words. Now, I'm going to give you something else. Here's six ways. Here's six ways then to praise. So there's seven words, but now six ways to praise. Number one is bowing. Genesis chapter 24 Verse 26 says this, then the man bowed down and he worshiped the Lord. Again, why would we not bow to the great I am? Another one is singing, Psalm 30, verse four. Sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people, praise his holy name. So another way to praise besides bowing is singing. The third way is instruments. First Chronicles chapter 13, verse 8 says, David and all the Israelites were celebrating with all their might before God with songs, with harps, lyres, timbrels, cymbals, and with trumpets. And so again, a great way to praise the wonderful name of God is the use of musical instruments. Now, I don't know if you've had kids or grandkids at Christmas time banging on pots and pans, but let them get out there and praise the Lord. It's just a great time. Clapping is the fourth way. Psalm 47, verse 1. Clapping, clap your hands, all ye nations, shout to God with cries of joy. Again, it cracks me up in a sort of way that we all clap and cheer for sporting events, but we, some people have a hard time clapping at church. Just go back and memorize Psalm 47, verse 1. There's the raising of hands. Therefore, 1 Timothy 2, 8, I want men everyone, everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or without disputing. I, I think these help us praise him. I think physically it keeps us in the mode or the, you know, the, the process of being able to, to give him that glory. And then there's dancing, Psalm 149, verse 3, verse says, dancing, let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with the timbrel and the harp. We don't do a lot of that, but we could. And I'm not going to try out for that, but I'm just saying to you <laughs> that that is a part of praise. And so you will see some churches that actually have expressions of dancing while the worship team may be singing or zamar, you're plucking on an instrument. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So those are, those are some different ways. So the first ingredient, um, our, our son-in-law, Jeff, cooked this, made this peanut butter cake pie, chocolate peanut butter thing that was absolutely outstanding. And there were no ingredients missing. I want you to get this. Probably one of these or two of these you do fairly well, and that's good. And you need to know what you're doing right so that you can repeat it. But I also want to encourage you in the other two or three that maybe you haven't done quite as well. The second one is humility. <clears throat> Another ingredient for spiritual success is humility. Now, humility is not, oh, I'm not good at this, or oh, God didn't give me this. That's not humility. Humility honestly is this is what God gave me. This is the lane. This is who I am. This is how he made me. This is how I can, I can contribute. These are my spiritual gifts. Humility is not denying what God did. That's backwards. God wired you a certain way. Humility is you stepping into your intention. Yes. 
humility is you fulfilling how God wired you. And so, so we're not to be arrogant, obviously, but humility is this is who I am. These are my gifts. This is how God wired me. This is what I do well. This is what I will continue to do well for him. Exodus chapter 37, verse 7, <clears throat> talks about the cherubim. And it says, then he made two cherubim out of hammered gold at the ends of the covered ark. Why, why hammered gold? Hammered gold was stronger than strong. Hammered gold took lots of time and lots of energy and lots of effort. I think God is hammering out your life. I, I think God's been hammering on me for 60 years. I think God will continue to hammer on you and hammer on me in good ways to make us refine gold. Um, Danita, read for us how Jesus learned obedience, even through suffering, Hebrews chapter 5. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who believe him and obey him. That's awesome. Amos, read for us 1 Peter 5, 6, if you would. Do you have that? 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And also read Isaiah 57, um, 15, if you have that. For this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Do you know how a samurai sword is made? I got a picture of this guy making a samurai sword. It's pretty cool, actually. The samurai sword is the strongest of all swords. Its blade cannot be broken, and its edge cannot be turned. And how the craftsman does this is he heats the metal, he hammers it, he cools it, he heats it, he hammers it, he heats it, and then after a few, few times, he folds it over. And then he hammers it and cools it, he hammers it and cools it, he hammers it and cools it, puts it back in the heat, and then he folds it over and folds it over until it's so, so strong. That's really what God's trying to do with you. He's not trying to hammer you to hurt you. He's trying to hammer you to make you stronger. Now, the blows of life may not make you stronger. The blows of life can make you weaker, but that comes from the enemy. Your heavenly Father is trying to help you to be humble. And again, it's not, it's not, this isn't being humble. Humble is really this. This is who you made me. This is, your, this is my intent. I will step into the intention of how you made me in my life. And so the, I like the, the movie, The Last Samurai, by the way. It's one of the greatest movies ever made with Tom Cruise in it. It's really cool. The guy was such a stud, I thought, in that movie. But anyway... <laughs> We won't get distracted on movies on Christmas time. But it's the strength of the sword. What's God trying to do with you? Trying to make you stronger. Trying to make you stronger. He's trying to build you up and build you up and build you up. So humility is a key ingredient to spiritual success. Praise. I learned to praise him. Secondly, I learned to be humble. And then thirdly, we talk about unity. Jeannie, read for us um, Matthew 18, verse 20. Let's talk about unity for a couple minutes. Matthew 18, 20 says, For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Unity, unity doesn't mean that we like every song or we agree with every sermon or that we, we like every you know, 
we, we have to get involved in every outreach program. That, that, that's not unity. Unity, though, is alignment to what God is doing in our church. Unity is what God is doing. In, you're getting yourself in alignment with the moving of the Spirit. All of you got behind the wedding chapel. It's the best picture I can give is the, the unity of the wedding chapel. I think we did 22 weddings in, in December alone. We equipped over 136 couples this past year. So far, even couples who do not get married in our chapel or who aren't even members of our church, we have so far, we've had enough marriage mentors that we have equipped every single couple who's ever requested to, to be mentored. That's, a, that's, that's alignment. You've gotten behind that kind of a movement. And, and the Apostle Paul stayed focused. Let's think about our nation right now. Our nation's not really united. We're not really acting like the United States of America, are we? What happens in a home where there's not unity and there's tension and there's pressure? What happens in a marriage where a husband and a wife? Now, we don't agree on everything, and we are very different in personality, but we're in alignment. Our values are, are in alignment. And so this is what he's trying to say is Paul was able to stay focused on the main thing. Paul kept the main thing, the main thing. Do you need to read for us um, a couple of these? First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2 first. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So Paul did. Paul said, I, I, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I want to know Jesus. Go ahead and read for us Philippians chapter 3 and 8 and then 13 and 14. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Do you know how difficult the land was that Paul lived in? There was all kind of political issues, racial issues, drought, poverty. There was all kinds of problems going on. The Apostle Paul, he never lost his focus. What matters more to me than anything else is Jesus. I'm going to boast about the cross. I'm going to strain toward what is ahead. Jesus kept his eye on the prize. He never got distracted at any time in his life. So a major component of your life and of our church's life is that of unity. Just, just imagine when we're all praying for somebody. Just imagine what happens when we're all going to fast starting January the 3rd. Imagine what's going to happen when we all feast on the goodness of God. The unity of money, the unity of prayers, the unity of service, the unity of sacrifice, the unity of values. That's what he's trying to talk about. So I guess what I'm really trying to say is, you don't want to be a person that stirs it up. You don't want to be a person that's a peacemaker. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And so I'm asking you to examine yourself and say, okay, I, I do a really good job with praise, or I don't do a good job with praise, but I'm going to do better, and we're going to talk about that. Or I, I, I am humble, I've stepped into my intention, or I haven't stepped into my intention or I've, I've not done a good job with unity, or I'm doing a great job with unity. I'm asking you to examine yourself. The fourth ingredient for this cake that we're making this morning is the priesthood. Jesus is the ultimate high priest. And what I love about Jesus is 
High priest means bridge builder. So you have to understand he was the ultimate high priest who built a bridge. There's like this huge chasm that you and I cannot get to the Father. And so the cross, if you just imagine the cross now going this way, and Jesus now walks across and he's the bridge builder, he's the great high priest to God Almighty. Therefore, what he then wants is he wants all of us to be priests. So he doesn't want you to come in here like a five-year-old boy. And again, if you're brand new to church, we're so glad you're here. But, but it's not just about what you can get. It's about what you can give. And so he's wanting you to be a priest. And as a priest then, you learn to praise him and you have humility and you have unity so you can carry his presence. You, you can't carry his presence if you stir it up. You can't carry his presence if you're not stepping into your intention. You can't really carry his presence if you're not a person that is one that likes to praise him. And so again, this is why he died for you. He died for you so that you could be a priest and carry his presence and then steward meeting places. And everywhere we go, whether we're at Publix or Target or wherever we are, we are stewarding those meeting places for, uh, for people to connect with our Heavenly Father. I think one of my favorite ones about being a priest, though, is pronouncing blessings. Uh-huh. And when I finally understood what it meant to pronounce blessings, it, it's, it's saying, okay, here's where somebody is, but that's not who God made them to be. Here's who they're supposed to be. And so we've all got people in our family right now, maybe, who are not fulfilling their destiny. Or we've all got, maybe, maybe you've got kids or grandkids or people in your family that are not doing exactly what God's called them to be. Or maybe you have coworkers, or you have neighbors, or you have, again, associations. And so you spend time and you make out a list and you pronounce blessings. Well, I know they're not doing too good right now, God, but I pronounce their destiny. Here's who they are. Here's who you made them to be. And so this is what we do. We are priests because we've been joined to Christ. And then the fifth ingredient. How you doing? You still with me? All right, the fifth ingredient then is the blood. This is the most important one. It's the blood. The blood activates everything. The blood is the activator of all these spiritual gifts. Bloodless worship is worthless worship. Without the blood, everything is absolutely worthless. The ingredient that you must have for spiritual success is the blood of the Lamb. It's the blood of Christ. We got, some, we got a gift from, from a family, and they're two incredible chalices, and they got Hebrew words on the plates, and they're just awesome. And we are starting, Danine and I are, to take communion even during the day or during the night to, to, together because it's about the blood. And that's why as a church, you know, maybe you grew up Catholic. If, if you're in a, in a Catholic background, it was always about the mass. It was always about the blood. It's absolutely right. We have communion every Lord's Day. It's absolutely right. Do this in remembrance of me. And the blood is that which gives you the power. And so these are five ingredients that will help you with spiritual success. So let me, let me ask Elisa and Jeannie, which of these ingredients have you already leaned into? Because you got to know what you've done right. We talk about this as teaching pastors all the time. When the teaching pastors teach on Tuesdays before they preach on Thursdays, we always give them 10 things they did right. 
Because I remember as a young pastor, I was walking out of church, and the sweet little old ladies would say to me, that was a great sermon, great sermon. And then once, you know, a quarter, the college professor would say, well, I can tell you really thought about that today. Well, I thought about it every Sunday. I don't know what the difference was. I never knew what I did right or what I didn't do right. And so you kind of got to know what you did right so that you can what? Repeat it. You finally nail the golf swing, repeat the golf swing. So t- tell, us, tell us what you think you, you've been led to and how God's worked in your life so far. I'm not sure if I leaned into it or got pushed into it because I am the middle child and birth order is a real thing. Um, I have an older brother and a younger sister and they have fiery personalities and I found myself, I used to think of it as being a mediator at times to mediate between them so we could be unified. But I'm thinking of it now more about the cross and being a bridge. And maybe we just talk about 1 Corinthians a whole lot and what Paul teaches us, which is all about unity. Mm, that's good. That's good. Jeannie, how about you? What have you leaned into of these five ingredients? You know, I, I realize that God goes shopping with me. You know, so I, because I, I'll be in the car going, Lord, I got to get a good parking spot. I got to, I got to get a good price on this. And, you know, you're just kind of saying it, but I find that I'm leaning a lot more into the tequila because I'll find that price pastor and in the store, I'll be like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll take two of those. I'll take two of those. So I, I've just... I've just been leading into that. I take them everywhere now. I just do. Not just here. Oh, he goes to Publix with me, Marshalls. So I've been leading in that tequila praise, public, pray, that praise, public place. Praise comes naturally. Yes. And people respond too. They'll be like, amen. So there you go. That's so good. That's so good. It's true. <laughs> so, so figure out which of those you do well. And then, um, if you're with Jeannie at Target or whatever, yes. just get, get ready for a praise. She's going to put a praise on that and get it for half price or something, okay? But, but think about of these five, I, I think you need all the ingredients. I think you got to have all the salt, the sugar, the flour, the bacon. I think you got to have it all. And, and so, it's not that maybe you, I'm going to ask now the question that you're not doing it, but what do you want to lean into? If, as, as you look into 2021, Ethan, we'll start with you. What, where do you want to lean a little bit more? I think there's so much richness, richness to the priesthood that you were mentioning. Um, we talked through these four different roles of a priest this past year, and it was just so impactful for me. Um, we do talk so often it's this mentality of churchgoers. Um, I've been a part of this for so long of what can I go and get when I step into a church service? What can I go? I really hope he, you know, delivers a good message today. I really, you know, hope you do a good job. Now, uh, and you do. Me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> but it, it's that mentality of what can I get? I need something. And this mind switch that God is leading me to, I think leading our entire church to, uh, as priests, we come to, what can I give to you, Lord? Uh, There's such freedom in that. God releases such freedom in our lives. We've heard it our entire lives how it's better to give than receive. And you've experienced that. When you give a gift to somebody, you see them light up. Uh, But there's something beautiful when we as a church learn the, the act of priesthood, where we come to give you our worship, God. We come to give you our attention. We come to give you our affection. And in that place, God just begins to meet with us. And he begins to meet with you and begins to meet with me. And so I really feel like this year, um, more than ever, 
it's that mind switch. Even in the secret place time, uh, it's like, man, I, I need something from you, God. I need to feel better. I, I need your peace. You know, we, we come yeah. in wanting, uh, but as priests, we come in to give. And so just in the secret place and the meeting place, really learning what it looks like to be a priest this next year, I think that's where he's leading me and, and us. I, I like that because I think we leave fuller when we're giving. Yeah. We don't leave as full when we're, try, we're trying to give. Joy, how about you? What, where do you want to lean in in 2021? Kurt, this message is so good. And I don't feel like it's a cake with flour and sugar. It's like a quinoa, kale, Brussels sprout salad. This is so rich and healthy for us to learn. I have a full page of notes over here. I'm just like eating it up. Um, I feel like God is calling me to lean into the last one. And I was mentioning this. I'm passionate about this in worship today, the blood of Jesus. And as I hold this book in my hand, I just if I had to sum up this whole Bible in one word, I'd say the word love. And God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were just human flesh sinners, Jesus died for us and he gave us his blood. So I want to lean into the power of the cross and the power of the blood and what it means to actually pick up my cross, deny my flesh, and follow him. So I'm leaning into the blood this year. That's good. That's good. Amos, um, guys, it's been so much fun to, to work with you, and I see just a spiritual giant within you, but, but you want more. And where would you like to lean in in 2021? Well, in 2020, the revelation of the secret place time. Well, in 2020, the revelation of the secret place time um, was the biggest difference maker in my life. And in that secret place time is when the Lord started revealing so much more about myself. And that definition that you gave about humility, I'd never heard before, of stepping into your intention. And so this next year in humility... In the secret place, I'm looking to step in more towards my intention. Hearing from the Lord, here's who you are, here's who you are, here's what I want you to do, here's what you're on, on earth to do, and here's what you need to accomplish. And in humility, saying yes, Lord, and stepping right into that. That's 2021 for me. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. All right. I want you to see all five of these on the screen. And I want you to realize that this is, this is the recipe. Um, I come from a family of cooks. When I think about my grandma Smith and my grandma Brown, I think about me as a little boy riding my bicycle over there, eating dinner with them, the, the, the incredible meals. My mother is just a great cook. Danita, Erica, Ethan, Emily, my sons-in-laws, Andrew, Jeff, everybody in the family can cook. I end up doing the dishes. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I, they cook, I'll clean up. But I, I come from a family of cooks. This is a recipe that, that we can embrace. And so as we end this year, and as we start next year, um, those are five ingredients that you can get your mind around. How about praise? How are you doing with praise? Well, now you got seven different words in six different ways. You can praise him. You can go back and watch this again and take notes. How are you doing with unity, humility, being a priest, stewarding meeting places, carrying his presence? How are you doing with the blood? 
Well, you gotta have the blood. You gotta have the blood. The blood's where it's at. So I wanna pray over you right now. And let's just pray through these. And then we'll take communion right after that. So if you wanna just kinda get communion ready and hold on to communion. Those of you that are at home, um, I don't want you to click off. This is the most important part. This is where you now appropriate all this. So I'm going to pray over you as your pastor. Father, we have about a million reasons to praise you. And we praise you in the good times. We praise you in the challenging moments. We celebrate. We bow. We honor. We have posture toward you. Um, We are going to play musical instruments and the, the, the plucking of the strings, the zamar, we will praise you. Father God, if if my friends online or my friends here in the room are not real good at this, we're asking your spirit to make us better. And we're going to lean in to praise. We're going to get on our knees as we get out of bed in the morning. We're going to, the last thing we do before we crawl into bed is to get on our knees again and just praise you. We're we're going to step into our intention. We're not going to pretend. You've been hammering us. You've been hammering gold in us. (laughs) You're refining us. Just like that illustration of the samurai sword, you're making us stronger and stronger and stronger for, for our intention. May we be united as a body on the cross and on Christ. We don't agree on everything and don't like it, but but we're united as a church. Satan's a splitter. He's just a splitter, a divider. But you're a peacemaker. So that's probably one I need to be better at, is being a better peacemaker, creating peace and living in peace. So I'm asking that for myself. And so, again, create within us this unity. And Lord, you've called us to be priests. And for so long, we just come to church and think about what we can get. But, but what we really want to do is we want to give you our best. And so we want to give you yieldedness and submission so that we can carry your presence every day, every moment at work, every day, every moment at school. Every day, every moment in the home and in the neighborhood and the communities. And oh God, your blood. Right now at communion time, we are overwhelmed with how you shed your blood. And your blood cleansed us of all our unrighteousness, our sins, past, present, and future. Oh my goodness. They've been forgiven, they've been cleansed. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you and we praise you. We praise you for the blood of the Lamb who was sacrificed for us. Now, help us to keep doing whatever ingredient we're doing really, really well. And then expand our territory because uh, all five of these taste really good to you. So right now we come and we partake of your body and your blood.
if you've never given your life to Christ, it's the most important decision you'll ever make. Those of you online, wherever you are, the most important decision that you can make is, Jesus, I give my life to you. I give my life to you. Take my life. It's yours. And I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. That is the most important decision you will ever make. So next week, we'll start a brand new series. And it's, I'm really excited about it because it's all about the issues of the heart. And I finally, after all these years, have figured out what keeps people from growing spiritually. And I can't wait to share that with you as we start the fast next week. Why don't you stand with us? Would you close us in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, your word is so rich. And we feel like our minds have been cleansed and washed with your word this morning. And Lord, you tell us not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we we choose this morning to allow what we've heard to renew our minds and to go out and be different. So I ask for your spirit to empower us to carry out all of these ingredients so that we can be completely useful for your kingdom purposes. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. See you next year.